Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live, a long overdue welcome back. Uh, you're joining us here for episode 86. I'm Tom, joined as always by Jim. Jim, great to be back with you. It is, it's nice to meet you, Tom. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, no, it is, it's good to be back. Uh, we had kind of forewarned everybody that this was going to happen after WrestleMania, uh, with Tom traveling and then just life uh, being in the way for a week or two there, or three, whatever it was, two, three weeks. Um, so we, we'd warned you, but um, now we think we should be back to a fairly re regular schedule moving forward. We've already talked this morning a little bit about some shifting recording dates a uh, little later, but we're trying to knock it out every week anyways, if we can. Um, so good to be back. Uh, nothing happened in pro wrestling, so we'll just talk about other things, I think, this week, Tom. Sounds great. I think we'll fill quite a bit of time. I think this will be a USFL podcast this week. Uh did you, it, totally random, did you catch even a minute of the USFL? I tuned into the game, I think, on NBC that was on Saturday. The and first game, they, yeah. they, they were at halftime, so I saw the highlights of both touchdowns. And then I, it was like, I was like, okay, I guess I'm not sticking around since it's not live action. And, and, and here's the thing, I'll tell you this. There's some energy because of the Michigan Panthers, uh, not on my side of the state, but on the other side of the state. And I had been traveling for work last week, so that was a lot of, talk on, on on the radio which is surprisingly because there were definitely other topics that i thought were more important but i think there's a there's a a love a long distance love because the michigan panthers won a championship in the usfl in the i don't know 83 84 85 range well and the weird part to me in this whole thing and <laughs> Welcome to Spot Monkeys. We're going to squirrel off here. Um, you said it's a USFL podcast, yeah, so buckle did. in. I, I made a joke, and now we're actually talking about it. Um, it, it is, and it's interesting to hear that. I wondered kind of how that was playing in in the areas where the teams are, quote, from, because there's no home games. Everybody's playing in Alabama. Um, so I wondered how that was playing. You know, Shockingly, there was not a Nebraska USFL team, so I don't have any uh, – firsthand uh reporting on that but uh so that's interesting to know from the michigan side that uh that there is which is good i mean because i wondered if that would hurt um uh, the usfl in that you've got these teams that you would want the geographical regions around those teams to get excited about but if they can't go to the games easily um i mean they could travel to alabama i suppose but that's you know you're asking a lot i wondered if there would be if the connection would be there, but the fact that they're all former USFL teams, I think was smart as well to help. Um, so anyways, I don't know. I caught, uh, I think I caught both touchdowns. Uh, I had recorded the game just to do it. And then on Sunday, put it on when I had a chance. And I think I saw both touchdowns and then was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, this is fine. Um, if the biggest yeah. news story, which I believe this, this, this is the biggest news story coming out of the weekend was the player they cut because he ordered pizza versus a salad. Um, and he was it, apparently rude when he did so. Yeah, I mean, and that whole that whole thing just was bad. I mean, he's a former Michigan football player, so I, okay. maybe, maybe I have a little bit of like, you know, oh, well, rose-colored glasses. They're like, don't, don't, don't treat a Michigan player like that. And that's not the case. I just thought it was kind of weird. And the fact that they released that clip on social media, it's like whatever they're doing, that's like, it's like hard knock style. Um, right, right. But it's, it's like the, it's like not hard knocks. It's like soft. It's like, it's like bumping, bumping knocks or I don't, I don't know. 
some <laughs> soft bumping <laughs> nudge knocks. I don't that know. might be a title we don't ever want to use for an episode. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, it was weird. Um, and and I guess I don't understand why you released that clip. Like, what do you, what do you? Well, yeah. Like, do you want to do you want to kill his career? Like, like I mean, like because 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 the USFL is an opportunity for I think guys to to get a chance to get in shape and maybe get a chance to get an invite to an NFL camp come June or July. Not 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 in that case, unless you. I did laugh. There's this fan controlled football league. I really haven't paid a ton of attention to it. Terrell Owens is playing in it. I know. Um, and I, I've seen a couple of ads on Facebook where they're like, our players eat pizza all the time. And they're like, people eating pizza in slices. I'm like, I mean, hey, take the uh, the the notoriety or whatever you want to say that the USFL is getting out of that. And if you can, you know, angle it for a couple of clicks for yourself, why not? I mean, it's free advertising, not free advertising, but. If you want if you, if you to click on, yeah, if you want clicks based on that narrative. And, right. and again, if if you're a pizza, like like if you're Pizza Hut, if you're Little Caesars, if you're Papa John's, whoever you are, if you're not reaching out to Davion Smith and going, "Hey, bro, like, right. we'll sign, we'll sign you," like you know, like I don't know, I don't know. Right, they, and they could probably get him for you know not what they would have to pay. I don't know Patrick Mahomes uh, or anything. You know, I mean, it wouldn't be a real expensive investment for them, but for him, it could be pretty darn good money um you know what what to them is big money in in sponsorship is probably different than what he would feel um so i, I think they could come up with a number that both sides would be happy with um yeah and, and it'd be funny too because if they also offer salads they could do a really funny commercial that's true and most of them do so but again well, we have gone six minutes and not talked a bit of pro wrestling. So again, what have you come to expect if that if not if not that? That's right. We wanted to make sure you really felt like this was two spot monkeys and nothing different. Uh, nope, same old show, same thing. Uh, just been gone a couple of weeks. We're back, <laughs> um, live and in living color. So, uh, well, there were like seventy six wrestling shows that happened. Obviously, the weekend of uh, WrestleMania, we picked four of those. Uh, in our head-to-head competition, and we went over this to make sure that our numbers matched uh, and, and straightened it out on my end. Uh, Supercard of Honor, uh, I went four and two. Tom, you went five and one, uh, and that was Wheeler, Utah, was the difference there. And we'll talk about that uh, in a little bit here. Uh, Stand and Deliver, I went four and three. Tom, you went two and five. Stand and Deliver was not a good day for you. You did not stand nor deliver. Mm-hmm. I sat and under-delivered. <laughs> right. And then uh, WrestleMania night one, uh, well, both WrestleMania nights, we went four and three each, basically. And uh, so eight and six over the course of WrestleMania, which leaves me with that, uh, I believe, same two-match lead I had. Maybe I had a one-match lead. You were, yeah, you actually, you've increased your lead by one. Based I've on increased that. my lead by yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. So a two-match lead now. I'm 38 and 18. Tom is 36 and 20. So the next uh, pick will be WrestleMania Backlash. Uh, And then we have Double or Nothing and Hell in a Cell. And we could talk about adding Forbidden Road, uh, Forbidden Door, Forbidden Road. What is that? Um, See, that's very, that would be a very New Japan uh, 
title for the show. Right. Forbidden Door. They're going to do Road to Forbidden Door. Some One of them is yeah. going to do something like that. Yeah, no, I, immediately I thought when they announced that Wednesday that we would be adding it. So I hope we have consensus there. And yeah. it will actually will, will really be exciting because that literally comes at the end of our half season. So it it could be we'll see how the next three events play out, right? Of course. But uh, if I can close the gap and and you know and, and let's say we're even or let's say we're within a match, it it could make forbidden door because that and that's gonna it, I think when you think of the word pick'em, that'll be a true pick'em because you're gonna have oh, we'll talk more about it, the two groups of talent colliding. And the and the politics involved in yep, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think that'll be uh, interesting. So, yeah, no, I, I'm totally in, in line to add that show as well. So um, probably won't pick Spring Breakin'. We haven't been doing the uh, titled NXT and, and WWE or uh, AEW uh, Dynamite episodes. So um, I don't know if you've seen NXT this week and even know that Spring Breakin' is a thing, Tom. But I saw the graphic. Okay. Yeah, Spring Breakin' in two weeks. So. Um, Braun Breaker at Spring Breaking. Uh, anyways, uh, well, let's talk Supercard of Honor to start um, and Ring of Honor. And, and so we're going to kind of flow both with the shows that happened a few weeks ago and the things that have happened since in these companies or or in Ring of Honor's case, I had company still. Um, but obviously there may be some bleed over in our AEW talk about Ring of Honor as well, since they're, they're both being presented on the AEW shows right now. Um, uh, so here's here's what I was going to say right before we recorded, Tom. The minute Colt Cabana beat Blake Christian on the pre-show, I knew I was wrong about Wheeler Yuta and Josh Woods. Okay, <laughs> I realized. Tell me, because again, I you're so you're going to get two perspectives, listeners. Jim watched Supercard of Honor live. Tom did not. So yeah. I don't know and why you, I'm talking about myself in the third person there. <laughs> I did not. Um, and did you see it at all? No, no. I, I, so, so again, let, let's get the elephant in the room out of the way. We joked about it when we recorded last. Um, I have not completed WrestleMania. I am, am towards the end of night one or WrestleMania Saturday, as they like you to refer to it as for their premium live event. Hashtag uh, why? Uh, <laughs> I don't. And again, I'm not. I, I think I will slowly make my way through WrestleMania still because I do want to watch it all. And I've enjoyed uh, WrestleMania Saturday. Uh, for all I've seen thus far, um, again, I lots of wrestling, like Jim said, seventy something shows, <laughs> which is not an ex- is and is not an exaggeration in the same breath. Right, all right. There probably was. I mean, if you really add in, because there were a lot of even smaller independent things. Um, of course, there was GCW's Collective. There was all of those different shows. You know, Ring of Honor, obviously. Um, yeah, million different things MLW ran, Control Your Narrative ran. That's its own thing. Um, let's not go there. Uh, but uh, well, yeah. So back to back to your comment. Colt Cabana so, winning made you gave you the belief that Wheeler Yuta was dethroning Josh Woods. It, it did because I was like, uh oh, we're 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 putting the AEW guys over the non-signed AEW okay. guys. Okay. Because if to me you could go one of two ways and and I understand why they went the way they went of, you know, putting the titles on, on and putting wins on basically folks who Tony Khan has contractual control over makes sense. 
um, you want those belts um, available to you. And if you leave belts on people that you don't have under contract for a company that you now own, although from what I've heard, it hasn't quite like these corporate buyouts obviously take time, you know, to fully. So, so it hasn't fully uh, happened yet, but he's been, both sides are acting as though, you know, it's done. So it's a done deal. It's just a matter, I'm sure of lawyers and, and, dotting eyes crossing t's although that makes me nervous because i'm like so what if something falls through what are we doing then um so i get it like but to me the other way you could have gone was build for the future uh for ring of honor and that and nothing against colt cabana i like colt cabana but blake christian has a much higher ceiling moving forward than colt cabana um, so when Cabana won that match, I was like, okay. And then the next match, AQA beat Miranda Alizé, and I was like, yep, this just solidifies what I think um, tonight is going to be. And and that's not a bad thing. Um, I enjoyed Supercard of Honor a lot. Um, even the pre-show stuff, I, I, I even liked, you know, uh, the Gates of Agony of Khan and Toa Leona, uh, you know, I like Eli Isom. I hope that he gets signed. Uh, I hope that he becomes a part of Ring of Honor. Cheeseburger, I, whatever. He's a small guy you can throw around. So it worked in this setting, you know, where you wanted to get over the Gates of Agony as a, as a BA tag team, you know. Tully Blanchard Enterprises, hey, give me a faction any day of the week. I'm good with that. Um, and a faction of kind of monsters, um, which seems to be where Tully Blanchard Blanchard Enterprises is headed. You know, you got Khan and Toleona, and then Brian Cage later revealed. Uh, okay, I that yeah, I can see where that can be. That can be a lot of fun. So I thought Super Guard of Honor was really fun, but I realized pretty early on what was going on. You've got some people online who are all butthurt about that, for lack of a better word. Um, but like I said, I I get it. Like Tony Khan's running the business, folks. Um, he's not running Ring of Honor just for the ring of honor faithful uh who if i want to be brutally honest if there were more ring of honor faithful ring of honor wouldn't have been up for sale so tony khan's got to do what he's got to do to move that brand forward is it going to look exactly like ring of honor no but ring of honor wasn't going to look exactly like ring of honor if sinclair had retained ownership so i think when people are getting upset about that like writing on the wall folks and and look if people decide you know, I've, I've seen some folks who just hate what Tony Khan does in AEW. Then it's probably time to cut ties with Ring of Honor because same guy owns it. So what do you think? Um, Tony Khan had made a comment uh, at one of their pay-per-view scrums about NXT. They were talking about NXT and the change to 2.0. Um, and Sean Rassap has used this, has talked about this a number of times. And I think it's actually a really smart um, understanding of things. But Tony Khan asked the reporters, he said, which version of NXT did you like better? And they all said, oh, black and gold. And he said, okay, but which version of NXT more mirrors the style of wrestling that Vince McMahon books? 2.0. So it makes sense why they would make 2.0 the way they did. So what do you think Ring of Honor is going to be? Well, they're going to try to build stars that they can, in their system, move to AEW. So anyways, um, I've talked a lot. Kind of what were your thoughts as you read results? When did you read results? Let's start with that, maybe, Tom. Yeah, so I did stay true to form um, that 
this day was our final travel day to get vacation really going. Um, so I was kind of keeping in rhythm with um, what, like paying attention to what was happening the night of, um, which was which was super exciting. So I was really in tune with all of the events happening um, as they did, especially you know uh, the big reveal at the end, the big return at the end, which was which was super cool and super awesome. And then I've seen a couple of clips. I've seen what they've released on AEW TV. Uh, but yeah, again, I haven't gone back to pay for this. I'd love to because uh, with everything I've read and heard about the tag title match. Oh man. It seems like I might be missing, you know, uh, a match of the year, uh, a high contender for match of the year. And, and not only just do I, do I like the two teams um, that brings another level um, whether it materializes or not again, you know, gosh, we were talking before we recorded now too. We're almost at the end of the month of April and it's like, where is time going? So um, yeah. So not, and, and, and I really appreciate what you said about, the AW talents were the ones that were being put over because I didn't look at it that way. But then as I looked back at the results, I'm like, you're absolutely correct. But that wasn't, that wasn't landing with me, even, even like processing the event. Like I thought the right people won, but, but even as I think the right people won, um, those all right people with the exception of, I think uh, Lee Moriarty have a true home or connection to AEW, Minoru Suzuki probably being the one outlier, but I think he's been he, there's enough of a, of a working relationship there that uh, that that made sense. And, and I'm thinking Tony Khan already knew what he was doing there. Move the belt to Suzuki. He knew he could get him, you know, because Suzuki's staying in the states here for a little bit. He knew he could get him for a dynamite. I think he knew he was already going to move it to Joe. Um, which yeah. and and again. Little- and, that's the that's the big one at the end. Samoa Joe returns to pro wrestling uh, and returns to AEW slash Ring of Honor. I don't know how are we going to talk about this now. He returned to Ring of Honor, but he's in AEW, uh, right? And and I think he's probably going to work a little bit of both. Is yeah. my assumption. Um. So Jay Lethal's heel turn earlier in the night uh, when he low blowed Moriarty. We've talked about Lethal a lot, and and kind of our you don't really get into the character and then all of a sudden you're like, Oh yeah, I had a good match yet again. Um, I think he is more interesting as a heel than a baby face. So, and I, I've all always kind of felt that way about him. So I'm, I'm fine with the heel turn. I'll admit. So Sanjay Dutt came out after that Lee Moriarty, after the turn on Moriarty and was, you know, yelling at him, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm like, red herring. He's, he's with him. He's with lethal. Um, so I had that one pegged. For later in the night i don't know why maybe i've watched too much pro wrestling and always don't trust the you know the person who randomly comes out and i think it was the commentary kept mentioning him by name and i'm like okay you've never you wouldn't mention sanjay Dutt by name that many times unless there was a reason i should know who that is um <clears throat> so i i i kind of and then when he came out again when lethal came out after the the main event uh I was like, okay, now I know, now I know I'm right on this. Um, And they were standing around looking around long enough that I, I was pretty sure something And Tony Khan had said, don't, don't leave the show early. There'll be something cool at the end or something to those effects um, earlier in that week. So I knew there was, and I'm like, okay, it wasn't the Jay Lethal turn on, on Jonathan Gresham or, or, you know, that's not what Tony Khan was teasing. And so, you know, Spidey senses all over. You're like, could be Samoa Joe, could be, you know, 
could be Bray Wyatt, could be, you know, a few different folks crossed my mind. Joe obviously making the most sense. When Joe got released, you and I both said Ring of Honor at that time, a very different Ring of Honor owned by somebody different, should be falling over themselves to try to get Joe on that card or to that show ends up happening through Tony Khan of all people, which I don't think we would have projected at that moment. Um, you know, the minute the music hit, it was pretty obvious who it was going to be. Um, I, I thought it was a good end to the show uh, for ring long time ring of honor fans like myself. Uh, there was a lot of nostalgia in that and a lot of, you know, that for others, Joe, I think is still a known enough name that it was still cool. Even if they weren't long time ring of honor fans, Rick Abani, I thought, did a great job of talking about Joe being a former Ring of Honor champion and and all of those, you know, bringing all of that in. So I thought it was a cool end. Um, so what has your feeling been now as this story has progressed? Joe is now the Ring of Honor television champion. Uh, Joe is feuding. Uh, Joe and Gresham, I guess, are both feuding with Jay Lethal at some level. And Satnam Singh, who they brought in, um, I, I, again, going back to Sean Rossap, they've talked about he's talked about how this is somewhat uh, a business move for the India market um, and and the new Warner Brothers Discovery uh, merger that's happened and and to keep either make or keep the Discovery folks uh, happy because of the the push into India, uh, which obviously India has. Tons and tons and tons of people. So it's a big, big market uh, for wrestling. We've seen this before with some wrestling companies. Uh, but what, what's your read been on the Satnam Singh run so far? Uh, <clears throat> underwhelming is the best word that I can apply there. I've, I've really loved what Joe's done. His debut against Max Caster, I thought was fantastic. I thought it was just the right length of time. I thought Joe winning with the muscle buster looked devastating. And then getting him to the Minoru Suzuki title match and then having him win the belt. They just had a great, great match, in my opinion. So I've loved that. The weasel stuff has, of course, been happening in the background. Then And then, you know, if the Singh stuff is political, but they do believe he has a future in pro wrestling, you kind of have to just, you know, ride the wave, right? And, and it doesn't mean that it's going to be a nice wave to ride. Uh and that, and that's and I think that's where I land on on it right now. Uh, do do I do I or do I have a problem with the idea of uh, Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt versus Samoa Joe and Jonathan Gresham tagged on the line? No. Do I think that we're ending up going to end up with Joe versus Lethal for the title? Yes, and and most likely um, Lethal either either unseats him there and that gives lethal something to sink his teeth into more. And as a heel, I think that's what you would probably want to promote and book because again, strong heels or, or heels that you want to see chase and get beat are often the ones that people pay to go see. Um, that could definitely be Jay lethal in this space and whatever the future holds for ring of honor. It's going to be, again, it's going to be weird because it's weaving in and out of ring of honor story, AEW story, because Joe's now going to be in the Owen Hart tournament. And like, is, is he going to end up losing early? Cause I think he could have a big run depending on how many guys are in that, in that bracket. I think um, they're going to be eight each. Okay. I, I wasn't sure if it was going to be eight or 16, but eight makes sense because they begin on May 10th and the finals are at double or nothing. So right. to get from May 10th to May 29th or whatever that date is, 
Um, yeah, that's not a lot of time to get through a 16-man tournament, even with two TV shows a week, um, and for the women as well. So having Joe get his get his you know lose in that tournament because of you know Jay Lethal again does that then get you to a Jay Lethal similar Joe Ring of Honor TV title match at double or nothing? But yeah, Satnam Singh his involvement. I mean, the, I, to my knowledge, he hasn't had. I know he hasn't had an a, an, an AEW in ring match that I'm aware of. I don't know what his what what his history or training has been preceding this. Um, He's been training at the Nightmare Factory. Uh, okay. <clears throat> he he played basketball in the NBA um, or was drafted in the NBA. I don't know if he actually ever played in. The yeah, NBA. I got drafted by Dallas. I think I heard. Or uh, yeah, that sounds right. Um, and uh, but has been trained and then decided to go to pro wrestling. I don't know if it's injury related or what or. Um, Everything that I've read and heard, the the guys who have worked with him at the Nightmare Factory say, you know, he's going to surprise some people, um, which, okay. Uh, I thought his second appearance was a lot better. I thought they utilized him better. I, I was think that when he choked the boys or chokes them the boys? Chokes them the boys and then, like, basketball bounced yeah, Jonathan yeah, Gresham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> which I have to chuckle because – there's a lot of people saying like Gresham has missed some bookings now because of a concussion. Um, and they're like, is Dalton Castle getting any heat? And I'm like, was it Dalton Castle or was it Satnam Singh? Like, I mean, I, I think it, it may be hard to tell for sure uh, when anybody gets a, con- you know, exactly what blow causes a concussion because sometimes some blows that, uh, that don't look as devastating can cause a concussion. Um, but I just think it's interesting that everybody's kind of laying the blame on Castle, and I'm like, I mean, you did have the big dude basketball bouncing his head off the mat, so I'm just saying, like, there's a chance it could have happened there. Um, Without a whole lot of consideration, because this is a really organic thought, um, I would much rather have seen Anthony Agogo be with Lethal and Dutt somehow, some way, create that story, and put Sting really with the Nightmare Factory and QT. I recognize the spotlight looks different after you do that, but but because of the connection there, to me that would be a natural fit. And I think QT is a is a better mouthpiece to get Sing going than what I'm liking what I'm seeing now. I may be I may be wrong. I may be totally wrong. It may it may work. And and again, what is what is the end game? Is it Sing versus Joe? And is Joe going to be used to him over? Oh. I don't like that second part of what you said. I, I um, didn't. I didn't think you would, and I didn't like even saying it. But again, <laughs> although if you're going to see if you got anything with Singh, you're going to have to put him over. Like that—that's the thing. Like you know, again, it's it's kind of the argument of people say, well, AEW, WWE, whoever doesn't create new stars, but then the minute they try to create a new star, we go, oh, you're burying the guy who's been there for a while. Like, well, okay, we can't have it both ways. Um, and I'm as guilty of doing that as anybody. So. Um, you know, if they're going to put him over, he's, but I think guys like him, unless he really develops and becomes a, a much better worker than he appears to be right now with what he's doing, I, I will say his throwing guys into the stairs looks awful. Like he grabs them and just kind of moves his body. And then they, God bless them. Everybody's been thrown in the stairs by him because 
they sell it like he's thrown them, you know, like he's Keith Lee throwing somebody. Keith Lee looks like he's throwing somebody, even though, yes, we know people are helping, they're jumping, they're whatever, blah, blah, blah. He looks like he's throwing somebody. Satnam Singh does not look like. He just looks like he's moving with the person as they're running into the stairs by themselves. Um, so either shore that up or just stop doing it um, and come up with a different thing. Um, you know, if, if something doesn't look good, okay, either help figure out how to make it look better or stop doing it. Um, there, He's a big enough guy. You can come up with different things. Honestly, especially with a guy Gresham size, I thought the grab his head and bounce him like a basketball, A, it's a little bit of a nod to his his to his past, but B, it looked devastating for a guy that big to be doing that to John. It looked good. Um, the choke slams to the boys looked okay. Um, there was something about how he lifted them that just didn't look natural to me. Um, but I thought the thing with Gresham looked really good. Um, the lights on, lights off. I know Khan has caught a lot of crap for that, and he's even actually come out and said, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that um, for his debut because lights on, lights off has been used a lot in AEW. Um, and it's usually been, though, you know, the Malachi Black or I think Brody King sticking with House of Black, Buddy Murphy. Um, Which all of, things, all of those things were awesome. And all of those talents are, for lack of a better term, adored. <laughs> you, right, you by it, some... By some section of the audience, yeah, some... you didn't you didn't hear with someone who was a complete newbie. People were like, "What?" <laughs> like... Right, and I think that that's you know that's what why he caught crap because the lights go down and everybody's like, "Oh, what's going to happen?" And then they're like, "And who is this guy? <laughs> um, he's big, okay, but who the heck is he?" Um, yeah. Only the most ardent followers of AEW. And, and I think you and I are pretty ardent followers, and I had no idea who it was um, until Excalibur or whoever it was said, that's Satnam Singh. And I went, what's a Satnam Singh? Um, <laughs> you know, like, and then as they explained it, I was like, oh, I kind of remember hearing that they had signed a guy who played basketball and he was a big Indian guy. And, you know, like, I kind of remembered that, but it hadn't really registered with me because I didn't know who it was and he wasn't on TV. So, you know, okay. Um, yeah, so they got to be a little careful. Uh, and, and I appreciate Khan even saying like, yeah, probably in hindsight, I probably shouldn't have done that. Um, okay. Hey, you tried something that didn't work. Even you the best hitters move. in baseball don't hit the baseball every single time. Right. Well, literally, if you hit it 30% of the time, you're considered a really, really good baseball player. So, um, I, wrestling, you got to be a little better than 30%, I think. Um, but, uh, it was fine. Uh, let's see what else uh, to go back to Supercard of Honor. Um, you, you had four matches on the pre-show, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, that they really they just treated it much like Ring of Honor has, and a little bit like AEW has um, as the first hour of the show. I mean, it was just match, 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 match. Um, Dalton Castle over Joe Hendry. It was fine. Um, we've talked about it before. Dalton Castle now just doesn't do a whole lot for me. Uh, and I know you're a bigger Dalton Castle uh, fan than I am at this point. When he was on his run to the Ring of Honor World title back in the day, I was a big Dalton Castle fan. But for whatever reason right now, he's not not clicking with me. Um, there'd be a spot for him in Ring of Honor, I think, moving forward. I don't think necessarily. 
there's so much talent in AEW that isn't utilized as well as they could be that I think is better than Dalton Castle that I don't see a spot in AEW for him uh, that doesn't end up with him just working a lot of dark and dark elevation. Um, so, uh, you know, but good for him to, to get booked. And then he got booked for the Ring of Honor title match at uh, Battle of the Belts as well, which, man, those are underwhelming. Um, even though they've done a title change on both of them or a title, I guess the one was the interim title, but... They just, those feel really underwhelming to me. Uh, Swerve Strickland and Alex Zane was great, um, much as you would expect of those two. I, so Brian Cage and Ninja Mac. So here's, I, earlier I said, Tully Blanchard Enterprises, Tully's going a different direction now. He got fired by FDR, you know. Uh, Tully in Ring of Honor, if you're going to use that as kind of a developmental for AEW, makes a ton of sense to have a veteran there who can help guys with promos and, and, you know, in-ring work and selling and facial expression and all of those kinds of things. I think Tully's a, a great guy to have on that roster. Um, he's okay as a manager. And I think as a evil, I've got a bunch of bad, big, bad dudes that are going to beat you all up. Like I said earlier, I think that's fine. Uh, Ninja Mac is somebody that I've been impressed with in GCW and he can do a lot. Um, he also worked the blood sport event and unmasked himself at the blood sport event to work that. And then put the mask back on for all of his other matches, which I thought was interesting that weekend. Um, but uh, I, I understand Ninja Mac did what Ninja Mac was booked to do. He made Brian Cage look like a million bucks. He bumped all over for him. Brian Cage is about three times as big as Ninja Mac. So him throwing around Ninja Mac was very, uh, looked good. Uh, but I don't know. I'd hoped for a little more out of Ninja Mac. And I wonder under the previous regime, what Ninja Mac would have been booked to do instead of, you know, this new uh, with Tony Khan and, and Brian Cage. Um, but Cage looked devastating. So that makes sense. Uh, Lethal, we've talked about that. Uh, Mercedes wins the interim women's title, which is just weird. But I, And I'll tell you this. I, the one thing that I've been so surprised about how quiet it's been since that time is this is that match and that title. Yeah. There's, I literally have heard and seen nothing. And no. I've watched and I'm, and I'm fully caught up on AEW. So that's, it just, it makes you go, that's tough. Like, like not like darn, because there's only so much TV time. But if you have everything else that you've given a little bit of something to, and that's not, it doesn't seem right. Right. Every other Ring of Honor title has been featured on AEW. That that AEW, not not the six man, because they haven't really uh they haven't even mentioned those. So I kind of think those are just gonna go away. Yeah. Um and there's a lot of talk of AEW adding a trios title down the road. So, you know, I, I wouldn't think you'd have trios champions in both Ring of Honor and AEW. That might get a little overbooked. And depending on how long your Ring of Honor show is gonna be this might be about the right number of titles anyways. And, and one thing that AEW has done well is they often will just give you like a, a 45 second to 90 second vignette with just a couple of highlights and just a quick one or two lines from someone. And it just keeps them in the forefront of your mind. I Like, I feel like this happened recently with Chris Statlander with the transition that she's making. Yep. Um, but it kept her, you know, just a, just a small snippet on TV, but it kept her, you know, it wasn't a match, but it just kept you, in, in the forefront of your mind. Yeah. The fact that they haven't done that with Marci Mar Mercedes with this championship, it seems like a missed opportunity. 
And they've even done it with Marina Shafir because Shafir's working tonight against Jade Cargill, 30th match, uh, TBS title match, all of that. Shafir's been winning matches on Dark and Dark Elevation, but to help build her as this, the problem, as she calls herself, they they did a nice job with those with her too. I agree. Stalander, they've done that. Um, a number of other guys they've done, guys and gals, they've done that with. So yeah, not doing it with Mercedes is, they're missing the boat on that one. They're, they're missing the boat on that one. Um, and yeah, let's just talk about the tag match. I think we've talked about Yuta uh, a little bit and, and the Gresham thing, certainly plenty. Um, Bandito looked great. Shocking. Um, I hope somebody can get a work visa worked out with him and get him, get him signed somewhere. What, what, what edition of free Bandito, Jim, is this? Uh, well, it might be hashtag work visa Bandito. Um, but, um, get, get him here. Get him here. Uh, that, yeah. The tag match. I assume this show um, is still available on Honor Club on demand. Rather than spending your 30 bucks on fight, I would, unless you want to be able to go back to this numerous times, because I don't know if Honor Club is going to be a thing moving forward. Um, if you spent your $10 at some point and only watched this match, I think the whole show is worth watching. But if you spent $10 and only watched this match, it would be worth spending $10 to just see this match, Tom. Um, yeah, it was that good. I agree with you. Um, you said you feel like maybe you've missed out on a match of the year contender. I, I think you have. Um, it was everything anybody could have wanted. I think Briscoe's and FTR included from the way that they reacted after the match and, and the things they've said just, you know, along the way. Um, and I hope that whatever, whatever was holding the Briscoe's back from being able to be in AEW, maybe Ring of Honor, who knows? Whether that's Warner Media, whether that's something with somebody in the back, whatever. We've we've read a million different things. Some people, you know, whatever. I hope this match maybe opened those doors a little bit. Um, and maybe there can be a possibility. I know they're working impact this weekend. Uh, there's a lot of talk that that they're gonna work impact a bunch moving forward, which why wouldn't they? If they can't get in with AEW and, and Ring of Honor, then Impact makes the most sense because um, they're probably not going to WWE either. So that's the next step, you know. I think better there than NWA or MLW, or um, and they can freelance, you know, and, and work some of those if they want. Um, they don't have to tie themselves down to a contract. I think they can make plenty of money just freelancing and working GCW and working Impact and working some MLW. Um, but man. This was just so good. I And I don't want to sit here and try to describe it just to say it was so good. Um, it was the match I was most looking forward to that weekend, and it knocked it out of the park and delivered. We talked about home runs aren't always equal. Um, I think we might have been talking about that before we clicked record. But, um, you know, you said some just go over the fence, some are, you know, out of the concourse or out of the ballpark. This was out of the ballpark. This was absolutely crushed. Um and, and the crowd was ridiculously hot for it, which you would expect. They had built it really well, um, which helps. Because sometimes you watch a really good wrestling match and the crowd's sitting on their hands and not really into it for whatever reason. You're like, man, that was a good match, but something wasn't right. God bless Wheeler Yuta and Josh Woods for having to come out and follow this. Um, because that was not a fair position to be put in. They did a really nice job, but... Um, 
or I'm sorry, uh, Suzuki and Titus followed this. Um, so basically a squash match followed this because that's really what Suzuki and Titus was. Um, so maybe that was okay. And Suzuki, of course, they were, everybody loves Minoru. So um, it, this was really, really good. So go out of your way. See it if you can. It's awesome. And that's a new sitcom coming to your TVs uh, this fall. Everyone loves Minoru. Everyone loves Minoru. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, Tom, anything else AEW-wise that we want to touch on? I, we've kind of bounced between the two. Um, yeah, I think the only thing, uh, you know, just to connect the the dot back to a reference, you know, the Owen Hart Memorial Tournament, you know, mm-hmm. so quite a few women have qualified in it. They are doing eight. They're close to that number now. I think they've only got four, though, right now. So they've got Tony Storm, they've got Jamie Hayter, Red Velvet. Um, I forgot about Velvet. Uh, Baker. Britt Baker, as of this past week. Um, Ruby Soho, last week, that's five. Oh, that's right. And I, and I feel like there's one more that I'm neglecting to recall. Um, but either way, if, if it is eight, you know, even if they're at five now and they need to get to eight, um, I feel like they're at six, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, they're, they're close. And, and we already know that round one is Tony storm versus hater because they've, they've built that nicely, um, because of, you know, the invisible story that exists in their actual story, again, not the non AEW story, but their history. You know, so good, good, good thing. They're a good connection there. The men's you got Joe and you got Kyle O'Reilly so, so far. And then tonight you'll have Adam Cole versus Tomohiro Ishii, which on paper and in reality, amazing. Like I intentionally was like, I don't often, I mean, I mean, let me walk that back. I rarely ever seek out spoilers for a rampage. I absolutely made sure I would not click on that because of this and whatever else they have going on tonight, because I just want to see it live. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, Shida has also qualified. Hikaru Shida. There we go. Yeah, okay. First. So, so, there yeah. are, so there are six. And six. and I don't feel like I don't feel like there's a women's qualifier tonight. So what that likely means is next week, Wednesday, and next week, Friday, I'll probably have the last two to get us to um and there's there's actually more time because next uh it, May 10th in Long Island on Dynamite is when the tournaments begin actually. So there's a little there's a couple more weeks between now and then. Um and next week they've announced a really interesting qualifier for Dynamite. I know I saw Cash Wheeler versus Dax Harwood. Yeah. Um, interesting. I, I did anything happen on Dynamite? I've only seen part of Dynamite that like I, I know there's not a breakup or anything coming there, but like, was there any sort of backstage where they were like, Hey, you want to be in? I want to be in. Let's wrestle and see who gets in or they nothing. Just- no, nothing. So they literally just had the graphic at towards the end of the show. And then there was like a sweet tweet or a sweet, 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 tree, sweet tweet. Um, a, a cool tweet. I think from Dax first, just about, you know, Hey, it's, it's, it, we've wanted to do it for a long time and here we are. Gotcha. Okay. I was going to look here because I feel like I had seen a graphic with the lineup for Dynamite tonight. Or Rampage tonight, excuse me. Yeah, there's no uh, women's qualifier. Shivani is interviewing women's tournament qualifiers, Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm, and Dr. Britt Baker. uh, Which is, I don't know, intriguing when he's interviewing those three. And yet there's five other women that have also qualified. Or no, four other women. 
three other women. I can't even count. It's a Friday, folks. Um, math with two spot monkeys. That's what today is. Um, so interesting, I guess, on that one. But um, Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see who else flushes out. You know, so, of course, Joe O'Reilly, you have to believe Cole wins tonight. If he doesn't, I'd be surprised. But also not because if you want to use Ishii, if he's remaining stateside, um, to help facilitate that New Japan. And, Go ahead. Right. Absolutely. Oh, no. And I was going to say, and, you know, you've got the whole undisputed elite. Jay White is around, you know, so Cole's very involved in all of that. Now, that doesn't mean he couldn't be still involved in that and be in the Owen Hart because he doesn't necessarily have to win the Owen Hart uh, tournament. Uh, he doesn't even have to be in the finals at, at Double or Nothing if he's going to be involved in something more with that interwoven storyline. Just Joe O'Reilly, Cole, and one of FTR. That's a really good half of a bracket right there. Sure <laughs> um, is. Sure is. And and I gotta admit, uh, Dax is who I would pick, but to to win the next Wednesday, not not to win the whole tournament. Yeah, Although that yeah. would be crazy. Um, but yeah, I, Dax as a singles, I think Dax has a little bit more. And not that I expect this is going to be any sort of prolonged singles run. Help me recall, have they announced what's at stake for the winner? It's There's a cup on the line, like a formal cup or like a trophy, but is there anything else? I don't think there is. I don't think there's like a title match or anything. Okay. Um, now, it's not to say they can't add that either, but. Yeah. But the idea is that this is going to be an annual tournament and right. like kind of like the Dynamite Diamond Ring, but probably without the gimmicky nonsense. Hopefully. Hopefully without the gimmicky nonsense. I, I, I attribute it to the King of the Ring. You know, yearly tournament. Um, I think it could be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see, though, especially for this first one. How do they book it? Now, go back to WWE and King of the Ring. The very first King of the Ring that they showed on pay-per-view, they didn't necessarily use it to elevate anybody. Bret Hart was already kind of there. You just established him as even more the guy. You know, looking at who you have here in the tournament so far, you could have Joe win the whole thing and establish him as one of the guys. Um, you could have Cole win the whole thing and establish him continued as one of the guys. Or Kyle O'Reilly winning the whole thing would elevate him. So do they use the tournament? Over time, King of the Ring became kind of the breakout for some people. Like, hey, this is going to be one of the next guys we're going to push. The Edge, the Ken Shamrock, um, although he never quite got there. Uh, Steve Austin, uh, Triple H. You know, some of those winners where it was like, we're kind of showing you who that next guy is. We're going to push here by the winning. I think the Owen Hart Memorial Tournament could be used to do that in AEW. Um whether they do that with the first one, though, or, you know, not, I think it'll be interesting to see. I, I kind of think Britt Baker wins the women's one, but we can fantasy book that once the uh, once the formal brackets once the are fields out. are set and the formal brackets are out. I think whether it'd be part, probably wouldn't be part of our head to head, but a, a, a fun little uh, pick them bracket here on, on Two Spot Monkeys between us would be would be fun to see how different or not our brackets were. Um because I think in a bigger tournament, it's easier, you know, like the, the men's basketball tournament, it's easier to have a lot of differences. In an eight-person tournament, it's very possible we could pick it the exact same. Um, there's only, you know, seven matches. So, uh, yeah, other things in AEW, uh, it, Wardlow. My goodness, that man is over right now. And I I can honestly say, because I think obviously this is where we're headed, Wardlow MJF might be my most anticipated match for double or nothing. Um 
as far as at least now they're going to set up some other things that I'm going to be like, I didn't even know I wanted to see that. Now they're going to do it. Now I want to see it. Um, and I think it's going to be interesting to see too. Double or nothing is about a month before forbidden door, which is about two months before. Um, All all Thank you. I'm like, what is the name of that show? I could read it in your eyes, Jim. <laughs> Which usually is also in Chicago. So interesting that Forbidden Door and All Out would both be in Chicago potentially. Um, they ran Chicago like three times in nine weeks back around last August when Punk came back. So I, I think they'll be fine. But um, what did they do at Double or Nothing to help set up Forbidden Door? And, you know, who's going to be available to do storyline setups? And then who are we just going to get video setups, you know, challenges back and forth? We've already seen some challenges thrown out on Twitter. I don't know how many of those are official as far as AEW and New Japan are telling them to do it. And how much of it is just guys kind of going into business for themselves and saying, oh, I'd, I'd like to work. You know, Will Ospreay has called out PAC. Um, haven't seen PAC in a while, so I don't yeah. know what's going on there. Um I think it would be interesting. I am not up on stardom in any way, but send one or two of their top girls over to wrestle, you know, Sheeta, Baker, Thunder Rosa. Ruby Soho. Ruby Soho. I got to say, on the women's side, while I think Baker could win it, I hope Ruby Soho wins the thing because we talked about, I think, last time, (sighs) you drop the ball with Ruby Soho. Pick it back up and fix it. (laughs) Like She's not unsalvageable by any means. They haven't buried her. They just haven't used her. Well, so here's so here's here's so I will talk about AEW in one more way because I'm gonna make the Soho connection back to FTR, and I'm gonna use the word incubate, uh, and I don't know that that's the right term, but I feel like for the longest time FTR was literally just kind of like in an incubator, kind of just staying warm, not really ready to do anything, not really ready to to get a spotlight or get, and again, they, they were, they were here and there and they were the part of the pinnacle. They were, or they, they are, or were um, part of the pinnacle. And then you have what you've had in the last roughly month, the ring of honor world title match, winning the ring of honor world titles against the Briscoes, the bucks, we just, we did, we overlooked or, or didn't state that the young bucks showed up that night too, which was a big deal. Right. Then, then, then the match they had against the young bucks for the, was it a was it a double title match or was it a triple A? Triple uh, A and Ring of Honor both. Yeah. So so double the double title match, which was a fantastic match that they had, and I feel like FTR is back to back to what they have been known to be. The thing is, they never stopped, and like so, I'm going to then draw this back to Ruby Soho. Ruby Soho, Ruby Soho has never stopped being really really good, um, and and I, and, I, and I weigh heavily on the idea of using the word great. FTR are great, and they've always been great, but their greatness just wasn't on display. So I feel as if whether that's a whether that's a negative in the in the in the perception of AEW or in the actuality of AEW, so many talents have such high ceilings that they can still ascend to. Is there just simply enough time, or do we just as fans have to begin to adjust our thoughts? about when when that when that actually materializes because i think you can look at ftr perhaps you know and again not not good on an audio podcast but i'm kind of drawing like in you know an arrow up with my hand and an arrow down like peaks and valleys right that's what i would say ftr has had in the last two and a half three years 
Ruby Soho's tenure is so much less than FTR. But I think what you've seen with FTR come around is what talents like, and we won't necessarily have to pick on Ruby Soho, but I'm using this here as that as that comparison, that that could still happen. What are your thoughts? No, I agree. Um, and, and FTR is a really good uh, example of that. I, I think you're, you're absolutely right to call that out because, yeah, they were just kind of there, um, and now they've heated them up and – I would argue they're the hottest tag team in in uh, Ring of Honor in AEW. Let's get in the right. Well, in Ring of Honor, they're the Ring of Honor tag team champions. So. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one further. They're the hottest tag team in professional wrestling. I, I, I don't know that you could make an argument. I don't know who. Now somebody could be like, oh, in you know Tennessee Championship Wrestling, they got a <laughs> you know tag team. Whatever, fine. Um, the but, thrill seekers are 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 back. Right, right. The new thrill seekers, um, Chris Jericho Jr. But um, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, FTR are just they're, and it's not that they've gotten better in the ring. They've always been this good in the ring. <laughs> like literally, since they came in in NXT, they were pretty dang good, and then got great real fast. Um, but they're being given the opportunity now to shine, which is cool. And AEW can do that. They can kind of cycle people in and out. Um, and it can be frustrating sometimes. Like, I think Malachi Black should be a top-of-the-card guy. They're not really doing that with House of Black right now. They're keeping them strong enough that I don't think it would take much to do it um, if they, when they get to a point that they want to. And you got to think someday they will. Um, but, you know, at least he's on TV, which is more than we can say for some people, Miro. Um who everybody has been saying has been healthy for a while now, like get that guy back on TV. What are we doing? Um, Ring of Honor, I think will help with that too, though. They can cycle people into Ring of Honor and, um, and Soho very much the same way. I just, I thought she looked so good when she came in. Um, and, and it was so obvious to me at that point, like how WWE had dropped the ball with her, which I knew they had, but it be, became glaringly obvious when you saw her work when she first came into AEW. I also think maybe they pulled the trigger with her too fast, though, to have her win that uh, Casino Battle Royale, immediately get a title shot. They weren't going to put the belt on her that fast, so she loses it, and then what do you do with her? Where maybe it's better to slow build um, somebody a little bit. So, I don't know. Be interesting to see. Uh, well, we've gone 53 minutes, and we haven't even talked about WrestleMania yet. Um I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I don't think we're going to go another 53. Probably not. Uh, WrestleMania two night, stupendous, the most stupendous WrestleMania ever in the history of God's green earth. Um, let Let's go day by day. That's just going to be the easier way to do this. Um, otherwise, I think feel like we're, we could jump all over the place. Uh, I'm going to just run through the match results, Tom. And if I have something to say about the match, I'll say it. Now, you've seen most of Saturday. You've seen none of Sunday. But you know all of the results. Correct. So so nothing's being spoiled. So um, so as we go through I, I, I hope there's someone on the other end of their earbuds or their car stereo going, Jim, you're being so rude to Tom. Tom needs to see it first. I don't know. Like, yeah. like Jim is not bullying me, folks. I'm, right. I'm complicit with this conversation. <laughs> right. Right. For those who want to find something to be offended about. Uh, <clears throat> but um, I was like, wait, how am I being mean? What did I do? Uh, so I'll run through the match results, Tom. And and I I won't be necessarily on the screen, so I may not see your reaction. So 
if I have anything to say about the match, I'll say it. But if I if I mention a match and don't really say anything, but you have something you want to say or ask, um, especially when we get to Sunday, um, just say, just jump in. Um, feel free to, please feel free to jump in. Not like either of us are that worried about cutting the other off uh, after doing this 86 times. But uh, night one, uh, neither night had kickoff show matches. So they had two hour kickoff shows that had no matches. Stupid. Um, sorry, just stupid. Stupendous? I'm Stupendously stupid. Um, I had a Saturday booking in the afternoon that weekend. And so I thought, well, I'll come home and I'll try to catch the show. You know, Peacock had let me know that I can rewind up to two hours live. So I thought, well, as long as I start the show by nine, because I think it was at seven, was the actual official show, my time. Um I'll be fine. Well, I ended up able to start it right up, right about seven anyways, and, and really didn't have to rewind. But I thought, oh, I'll watch the pre-show later. And then I found out there was no pre-show match. And I'm like, oh, good. Well, that's two hours I don't need. And that also meant Sunday when I was going to watch the show live, I didn't worry about it until seven o'clock. Like, I'm not going to watch a two-hour kickoff show. I've already, not to mention all the videos you show me in the kickoff show that you're going to show me 18 times in those two hours, you're going to show me right before the match anyways. So I don't need to see it again. Um, so anyways. Four hours of a kickoff show that were completely pointless in my in my mind. In my mind. Uh, we started off with the SmackDown tag titles. Unfortunately, a match that got cut short. Jimmy and Jay Uso beat Shinsuke and Rick Boogs. Uh Boogs uh, had a pretty significant injury that uh was not going to change the outcome. The Usos uh I've read were were always planned to win that match, but uh it did get cut short and they they took it home early uh because of that injury. So well, I'm not the biggest Rick Boogs fan in the world. Obviously, you never like to see anybody get hurt. Um, and and what a terrible for him, you know, this excitement of working WrestleMania. I mean, he's the opening match at WrestleMania. This is, you know, huge for him. And then to go down with a, a pretty major injury. Uh, maybe don't try to lift two grown men at the same time. I'm just saying. But um, but I say that and we see lots of people do it and, and not get hurt. So not his fault by any means, but it just sucks for him. Sorry to hear that. Uh, Drew McIntyre beat Happy Corbin and then cut the ring into or cut the, the ropes into, um, at which they got fixed very quickly, I thought. Um, I, it was a spot. It was fine. Um, oh, Madcap Moss had, had won the, the Andre the Giant ring, uh, Battle Royal. There we go. You're going to call him Ring of Honor? Everything's Ring of Honor today. Ring of Honor Battle Royal. Uh, the Andre the Giant Ring of Honor Battle Royal. Um on Friday. So that obviously played in here and eventually they end up splitting. Um, I, I'm interested to see what Madcap Moss can do moving forward. Uh, change his name, please. Let's call him Riddick Moss or something else. Moss. Um, we're changing everybody's name. So why not? Let's change his too. I mean, um, Annette had come up with the idea that this should be, uh, we could either go Bobo and Fields or uh, she had come up. I'd have to look up the names, but she'd come up with some like swap names so that if we wanted to change our names completely, because um, we can't use our real names, you know. Um, anyways, I could go off on names, but why? Uh, the Miz and Logan Paul beat Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. How did you think Logan Paul looked? I'm curious about your... Really good. Actually, rather rather impressed. Um, and again, I haven't seen that too yet, but again, I know what Pat McAfee can bring to the table, so I'm excited to watch that. Um, and, I, you know, I think Sami Zayn is whether he's utilized as such probably one of the better pro wrestlers in the, in the world which is again you 
you can say, okay, well, that's a really deep pond then. If you're, you know, he's not necessarily utilized in that way. Um, but to do, to do what he did with Johnny Knoxville and have that spot and make that memorable, make that impactful, you have to have that cap capacity. So I think the celebrities, um, even having not seen them all yet, um, definitely delivered. This is one where we, we both were wrong on the pick. We thought the Mysterios were winning. Yep. Miz and Logan Paul win. And then Miz turns on Paul right afterwards. So, again, are, is, are we looking to SummerSlam, you know, for a singles match or something down the line? Yeah, I think that's probably where – yeah, I think you're right. I think that's probably where it's headed. Um, yeah, Paul, as much as I don't care, um, looked really, really good in the ring. I, obviously, he's put some work in. Um, you know, Bad Bunny last year, Paul in Knoxville this year. Like, celebrities putting in the work to uh, to to look good, to, to learn what they need to do and not just come and collect a paycheck. So, so that's good. Uh, the Raw Women's Title match, Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch had a banger. Um, I thought this was uh, quickly looking over one of the. It might have been the match of WrestleMania. Um, the main event here on night one maybe could have um, for many different reasons, but just strictly wrestling match. Um, this was probably the best match on Mania, and I'm not sure it was close, to be honest. Uh, did you get a chance to see Bel Air and Becky? I did. Yeah, I like. I thought it was really good, um, man. And and so like, it, it, you, I think I might have told you that I saw parts of Raw before Mania. So like, I saw the Bel Air black eye or swollen eye, and then I saw how it what led to it. So kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um... That, that that rolling uh, kind of Molly Holly move that unfortunately just didn't quite yeah, got caught the heel right in her eye. And I remember while I was watching it going, oh, like that's not where that was supposed to go. Um, and yeah, the, the black eye was legit. No question about that. Um, Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. So Cody returns. Cody is the mystery opponent. He is the American Nightmare. It is the same song, the same presentation. Uh, he rose up from below the stage on Saturday. Uh, on Monday, uh, he rose up from a box. They set on the stage with like a moving ramp set down from it, and it got stuck. So when they first panned to it to watch him rise, just his head was sticking out of the box. Oh, like, my. The Monday was just, and they haven't done it since. So I'm like, yeah, maybe we just don't do that. If we don't have the right equipment to do it, let's not do it. It looked terrible on Monday, uh, the Monday after Raw, or the Monday after Mania. Um, since then, they've done more pyro with his entrance, and I, I think maybe that's the way to go. Um, I, the Miz made the joke last week about, you know, they blew their whole pyro budget on Cody Rhodes, so now nobody else could have any the rest of the night. Um I thought the pop was deafening um, when Cody came out. That crowd, whether they knew it was going to be him or not, I think many people did because there were Cody chants going on while Seth was waiting. Um, sometimes doing the thing that everybody knows you're doing still is the right thing to do. Um, and, I, and I thought Cody and Seth had a really good match. It went the way it should. Cody should have won. Absolutely. You can't, you can't beat him the very first time in um, now I'm a little worried about, they might beat him at WrestleMania backlash because we got a 50, 50 book. Everybody in this company, it feels like 
Um, but we can talk about that in a couple of weeks when we make our backlash picks. But uh, I don't remember. Tom, did you say how far you've seen into Saturday? So I'm. This is. I'm through this match. I'm. I'm I am at the point where they are doing video package for Charlotte and Ronda. Okay, so you did see this. So, so what was your uh, your feeling as as Cody? I mean, you you pretty well knew it was going to be Cody. We had talked about that in the preview. Yeah. So funny story. Uh, ESPN ESPN actually spoiled that it was Cody Rhodes. Um, so so again, uh, ESPN have has had a weird relationship, I think, with WWE Agreed. over the course of the last, we'll say, the last three years. Um, somehow, some way. Come WrestleMania time, it's now worth promoting again or we're putting a spotlight on. So there was like a little bit of a video package or like a, a snippet that said, you know, Cody Rhodes returns or something to that effect at WrestleMania Saturday. And I and I was looking on Sports Center for March Madness related stuff um, or something else. And uh, I said, that's a Sports Center. I meant like the ESPN app. Um, either way, like just the, the idea that that's the place that I would get spoiled of all places, you know. I, 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 I have been, when I've been trying not to be spoiled by WWE and even AEW stuff, um, I, I, there are times where I've opened my ESPN app and I'm always cautious as I'm like scrolling it a little bit. Like, I know there is a WWE section. It's usually way far down, but occasionally one of those stories makes it into the top headlines. And yeah, I've had that same thing happen a couple of times. So I'm like, this is the thing. Cool. Thanks. Great, guys. Um so yeah, I think Cody that went really well. Uh Rhonda and Charlotte was a thing. It happened. Um, little surprised that Charlotte went over, but uh yeah, so that was the other one that we both took the loss on. Again, I'll probably get to that match today, most likely be based on the rest of what my day looks like. Um, and that'll be on in the background. Um so feel free to say say what you will, and I, I know I'll watch too. But why why do you think they went this direction? Is there is there something that I'm going to see story wise in the outcome of the match that will build to? Because I know I know they're already re, rematching at WrestleMania Backlash at WrestleMania rematch or Backlash. Sorry, um, <laughs> WrestleMania rematch because that's what it feels like uh, a little bit. Um, although Bianca at least has a different opponent. Um, or does she? Because that match is now happening on Raw, so I don't know if it's actually happening in Backlash anymore. Uh, I, I, my guess is they did it to get to another match between them. I, you know, Ronda, it's now going to be an I Quit match at Backlash. I don't see Ronda Rousey quitting. Like, or tapping out to Charlotte. Like, catching her with a pin, sure. But Ronda and submissions, that's kind of her thing. Even though Charlotte's got, you know, the figure eight as well. I, As much as I was sure Ronda was winning at Mania, I'm even more sure she's winning at Backlash. So I was wrong then. I could be wrong again. But I don't know how many times you want to beat Ronda Rousey in a row. I guess that's my thought. Um, and you've already beaten her twice in a row, basically. Because you beat her at Mania years ago. Then, yeah, she won the Rumble. But as far as matches in the ring um both becky and charlotte have got a win over her now now i think she starts getting her revenge wins um i wouldn't be shocked if ronda becky is the match next year at mania if you wait that long uh, that's and so I, I don't know where i read this or what i read um i almost thought that the rock came back on the monday after wrestlemania because of what i saw i saw something where because it's in la like the two headline matches at least as of now whether this is legitimate or not we're going to be Becky versus Ronda 
and Rock versus Roman. I mean, that those are both WrestleMania-worthy matches, no question about it. Um, there was apparently, I don't watch Young Rock. I did for a little while and then just, you know, life and time. Um, apparently recently there was a, a scene at the end, I think, I think the end of an episode where Young Rock, the Young Rock is sitting with young Roman Reigns, his cousin Joe, as they call him. Um, and they're watching WrestleMania and there's some comment about someday you and I are going to wrestle at WrestleMania. And then they just kind of look at the camera. So like, and the rock is a producer. He's on that. He's on the show. Obviously he's a producer on the show. Like he knows what he's doing, whether he's actually going to do it or not. He did it because everybody keeps clamoring for Roman and the rock. Um, I will say if they do Roman and the rock, take the belt off Roman before that match does not need a belt. Yeah, for sure. Because it also will add to the intrigue of who's going to win it. Because I think if there's a belt involved, yeah, The Rock's not winning that. But are you going to bring The Rock back to put over Roman? Like, he might do that because it's his cousin and, you know, all of those kinds of things. But, um, yeah, get the belt off Roman. Because then you have a third massive match, uh, or maybe third and fourth if you've split the titles by then again, uh, at WrestleMania. Whatever the title match is, Roman and The Rock, Ronda and Becky, um, you've got two nights to fill again. So, um it's not a bad idea to have multiple things. And then the main event uh, was the KO show that turned into a no DQ match. Stone Cold Steve Austin over Kevin Owens. This was better than it probably had any right to be, uh, given Stone Cold's physical limitations. I thought he worked hard. The mini came out with both knee braces on. I was like, all right, this is going to be more than just two stunners and we're out of here. Um, and that it was in the main event spot. I just didn't think an interview, even with Steve Austin, even with Steve Austin dropping Owens with a stunner, like the minute it got moved, that it really was the main event. And I had heard rumblings all week that it was going to be. And I'm like, I'll believe it when it happens. And then it happened. I thought, eh, I think there's going to be more. And when he said, when Kevin Owens says, I tricked you, Steve. And I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah, it's going to be a match. Um, and it is. So I'll be interested to hear your reaction maybe next week um, after you see this play out, but it it was really good. It was, you know, for a match that the result was never in doubt um, because there was no way on God's green earth, they were going to put Kevin Owens over Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, it, it was really good. Now here's, here's one thing I almost said before we clicked record. And then I said, no, I'll wait. I'll say it. Kevin Owens has now since moved into a feud with Ezekiel, the former Elias, or Elias's younger brother, depending on who you want to believe. Kevin Owens is making chicken salad out of this because I think it's kind of chicken something else. And he's great. He's the reason this is actually working. But man, going from main eventing with Stone Cold Steve Austin to a feud with Ezekiel, that is not a lateral move. And I know there's not a lateral move from main eventing with Stone Cold Steve Austin, but this is about a 27-foot ladder drop um, to go down to feuding with Ezekiel after Stone Cold. I mean, I just, you could have, Kevin Owens should be one of the top guys on Raw right now because you don't have a champion on Raw. Roman, I know Roman shows up every once in a while, but he shows up to tell you to watch SmackDown, so whatever that is. Um it was stupid is what that was on the Raw after Mania. Um, 
I, it's just that's the part that annoys me about it. But he's doing a really good job with it and making Ezekiel not quite as bad as it could be. I don't know. That's my read. And I will say, I think that Ezekiel is viewed by Vince McMahon as a superstar, whether it's wh- wherever the storyline goes, right? Wherever, whatever the path is. So we might not view, and others may not view, and understandably so, like this as a good move or a good spot for Kevin Owens. I mean, I would prefer this versus Kevin Owens versus Omas or... You know, you know, you look at Raw. Like, I don't know that Kevin, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley. Okay, yeah, that could be interesting. And and and, but I, I think that Bobby Lashley has to get through Omos and his issues with MVP now that have come to to a head. I don't know. So so it's weird again, which makes you. It almost seems like the the depth opportunity on on Raw, and even SmackDown, is. So th- there's not enough depth when you when you think of things like this comparatively to AEW. Which is insane. Yeah, it is. Really, they should be just as deep, as if, if not deeper, than AEW. And they can be. There are people who they can build, but they've done such a poor job of building people that that's the frustrating part of it. Like, And, and they're doing it again because Tommaso Ciampa is a killer on NXT and now he's working main event. They had him do a silly little interview segment. Like there's rumblings that he'd been talked about for edges group and maybe they'll still do that, but boy, they've done nothing to make you think they're going to do anything worthwhile with him on the main roster yet. Um, he was in a, a backstage kind of haha with Ezekiel and Kevin Owens last week. Uh, now you want to give me Kevin Owens and Tommaso Ciampa and give him 15 minutes on raw. Cool. Sign me up for that. That'd be all right. Um, but yeah, they just do they do such a poor job of building stars that it makes them seem to not have a deep roster when they absolutely should because they have plenty of talent there to have a deep roster of people who are actually over, but they refuse to do it. All right, let's move on to WrestleMania Sunday. WrestleMania Sunday started off with the Raw Tag Title match. Uh, triple threat Randy Orton Riddle over Chad Gable and Otis and Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins, the Street Profits and American, uh, no, Alpha Academy, not American Alpha. Hello, Jason Jordan. Um, Ring of Honor. I'll just throw that in there for old time's sake. Uh, uh, this was fine. This was good. Nothing wrong with it. I don't know. It was a match. Um, and they're still all engaging in, in a certain way. Like, right. you know, you still have, and I know we're headed towards the unification match, which I'm still so, it's the unification matches, again, the world title one. Okay, I understand that. But now this, like, again, it's it's such a departure from what has been WWE over the last decade. And And I'm not sure what the end goal is, which I'm curious to see. So they've got me at least curious. But yeah, I... It, I, I don't know. Uh, Lashley over almost, which you you nailed it, and uh, and I still don't understand it. Um, I don't I don't know why you gave the first loss to Omos as uh, almost Omos. I, I don't know why I can't pronounce his name today. Um, to Bobby Lashley, I don't think Lashley needed it. I said that on the the head to head. 
you know, now they've put MVP with him. They just waited until Raw to do it instead of at Mania. Uh, I don't know. The whole thing doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But it is what it is. Lashley got the win. Um, So that happened. Uh, The Anything Goes match, Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn. So here's the thing. If you're, this, this wasn't for me. This was not booked for me. So I'm okay. I, I didn't love it. Um, and I know there's people out there say, oh, it's the worst piece of whatever. It, okay, wait, I'm out. It's not. <clears throat> it was exactly what it was booked to be. If you're a fan of the Jackass crew and, and everything that they do and their movies and their TV show and all of that and all of the stunts that they do, this was great, I have no doubt. And everybody I've seen who is a fan of that, um, that brand, I guess, for lack of a better word, love this. Um, and I, and I get why, like it was very, it was kind of an episode of Jackass at WrestleMania. Um, I don't have anything against Jackass. I've just never been into the brand. Like I've never, I've seen some of it for me, most like when you get into the movie stuff, like it's just too long. Um, it's funny to see a stunt or a stunt or two for me, but after a while it just kind of gets to be repetitive in my mind. And that's just me and, and the way that I view it. I know there are people who absolutely love it and they love this match and makes sense. It was exactly what I thought it would be. And so in that way, it was good. Um, Knoxville looked fine. He did a really good job. You mentioned that earlier when we were talking about Logan Paul. I think Knoxville did really well, again, for what he was booked to do. Um, it was a creative finish um, with a giant mouse trap. You know, okay, fine. Again, the wrestling purist isn't going to love that. Um, it made sense, though, in the match and in the story they were telling. So I was fine with this. It just wasn't booked for me. And that's okay. On a two-night show, there should be things that aren't booked for me. Because I'm not, you know, every fan doesn't like what I like. And I don't like what every fan likes. You know, we're all different. So it's fine. It was what it was. Uh, are you a, a jackass fan, Tom? Are you one who's gone out and seen all the movies and... So here's the thing. Uh, I, if it shows up on a streaming platform that I have access to, I probably will give it a whirl. I'm not going out of my way. Okay. So it'd be interesting to see again, you know, as you make make it through this in June or sometime, uh, we can talk about uh, what your thoughts were. Sorry. I had to, you know. Um, see you in so June. <laughs> right. Uh, the uh, Triple Threat Women's Tag Match, Sasha and Naomi win the titles from Carmella and Zelina and uh, Natalia and Shayna and Rhea and Liv were all in that match as well. You and I both got this wrong. We thought Rhea and Liv were going to win it. They've since now broken up. Rhea's gone heel. I think Rhea's headed towards Edge um, and hanging out with him, uh, which make a lot of sense. Uh, this wasn't great. I'm just going to be honest. It just wasn't great. Um, uh, yeah, so it wasn't great. I don't want to. I don't want to rag on him too much. It just wasn't great. Edge and AJ Styles was was pretty good. Um, we got the appearance of Damian Priest, uh, who has joined up with Edge. I, I like that connection. The Edge going darker, and I, I don't know, the new character isn't quite clicking with me. Uh, I know some people have said, oh, it's, it's House of Black-ish, you know, and it's House of Black if you ordered from Wish.com and, you know, whatever. I mean, let's not forget Edge was in the brood. So it's not like Edge hasn't done a dark character before. Um, so let's not, you know, 
say that it's the House of Black and it's not. Uh, although there are elements of it that I understand. The Damian Priest thing, actually, the, I think it was the Raw after Mania or maybe the Raw after that, he was in a match with AJ. And just at the end, like, the finish to the match was no pinfall, no submission, no anything. Damian Priest knelt down, put his hands up, and the lights went out slowly in the arena. And, and that was the finish. That was really stupid. Um, like, I don't, I don't, what, what was that? That was dumb. Um, you're not the Undertaker. Stop it. Uh, this was fine. I just don't, again, I don't know that I need to see a rematch of it again next month. Like, or later this month. It's next month, I guess, early May. Um, it was fine for what it was. The finish was a little weird, but I get it. I don't know. Well, if the end game here is that Damian Priest gets elevated. Right. Then we're queuing. Yes, right? Because it seems weird. Because it seems like that's the track we were on. And then he loses the United States title. Not that you need a title to be over or to get elevated. It just it just seemed it seemed interesting to go the route they went. Yeah. I it was fine. Um, I, I didn't time it, but I think it was around 20 minutes because, you know, Edge has to have at least 20 minutes. Um, Seamus and Ridge Holland kind of destroyed Kofi and Xavier. Um, Wasn't this like a, like a less than three minute match? I thought I Yeah, it was that. really short. It was very short. Um, both got it wrong. I, you know, they, they put Seamus and Ridge over strong. I don't know what they're going to do with them. Now they've lost Butch. Yep. That's what I said, Tom. Like, that's the story that he's like lost. He's lost. They can't okay. find him. Apparently, he's now Hornswoggle. He's a leprechaun. I don't know. Uh, Pete Dunn has so much potential. What are we doing? Uh, uh, Pat McAfee over Austin Theory. This was actually pretty good. Uh, like you said, McAfee delivers in the ring. I think Theory held his own as well. Um, and then this got incredibly freaking stupid afterwards um vince mcmahon's out there uh distracting and all of that sort of thing mcafee gets a roll-up win which i i wish there would have been more than i i don't like roll-up wins at wrestlemania i don't know why like that bothers me um a little bit that like give a decisive win it's wrestlemania um and i know this is pat mcafee and austin theory not the world title match so okay but uh McAfee and Vince McMahon kind of square off for no real apparent reason other than McMahon's mad that he beat Theory. Um, and then we get the match that was rumored all along. We get to watch a 77-year-old man get his jollies on pay-per-view one more time because that's the only reason you book this. Uh, Vince McMahon and Pat McAfee had maybe the worst match in WrestleMania history. Okay, I so I hadn't heard any of that yet, but I can't now. I can't wait to get to that. You hadn't heard that they had a match? No, no, that that it was the worst match in oh, WrestleMania history. It is like, awful. Okay, okay, that's surprising because I, you know, not that I want to put all the eggs in the Pat McAfee basket, but I would have thought that you know, if there was someone who could, you know, help Vince again with natural athleticism, because McAfee has that. He does, but all he does is bump for terrible offense. Okay. Yeah, that's the other the side of the coin. The story is supposed to be, it was not clear to me, but I think the story is supposed to be he's so tired after the match with Theory, which, I mean, was a good match, but it wasn't anything that should have like drained him to that level. 
um, stupendously horrendous, Annette says. Yeah, that's that's a great way to put it. Um, awful, awful. It, Tom, I can't wait for you to see it and let me know if you can find a redeeming quality in it because I can't. Like, I want to. I tried, you know, I know it probably doesn't sound that way sometimes with WWE. I'd like to find the positive. Like I said, like with the Johnny Knoxville thing, like it wasn't for me, but I also realized not everything's booked for me and I'm okay with that. Like I should be okay with that. I'm not that important. Um, some things are just not going to land for me, but they land for other people. And that's great. I would love to find the people who this really landed with and aren't just WWE apologists, because at that point I, I got to think that's what you are. Um, this was so bad. It was so bad. And then to make it worse. So McMahon gets the win over Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee beats Austin Theory, who's going to be a future main eventer for WWE, and then he loses to a 77-year-old man who hadn't been in the ring in 12 years, or some number of years. Like just horrendously dumb. I think it made Theory look bad. I think it made McAfee look dumb. Um, and then they're celebrating. Austin Theory's music hits, and McMahon ducks like he's terrified that this music hit. Because he knew Stone Cold's music was eventually going to hit. But apparently, I've also heard from, from Sean Rassap, and I know I throw his name out a ton, but that's who I listen to a lot of my, my stuff from um, when I listen to podcasts and that. McMahon was the one who laid out his match and the whole ending and everything. So he had laid out that Austin Theory's music was supposed to hit. He knew it was supposed to be Austin Theory's music and apparently forgot the moment. Because he flinched when Austin Theory's music hit, which is pretty freaking funny to watch. And it's right there, right on the screen. I mean, amazing. And then Stone Cold's music hits. He comes out, of course. Theory eats a stunner. McMahon eats the worst stunner of all time. Like, Which I've seen that, which... Oh, my goodness. Like, I don't know if he forgot he was supposed to take one, which how do you forget? Like, that's the whole the whole point of doing the Vince McMahon-Pat McAfee match, I think was to get to the Austin McMahon one last time, you know, kind of thing. It was a horrible stunner. I mean, Vince has never taken a great stunner, but my goodness, that one was, again, worst WrestleMania match of all time, worst stunner of all time. Let's just keep the worsts going, guys. Um, and then Pat McAfee comes in, celebrates with Austin. Everybody knows where this is going. Um, and McAfee gets himself a stunner and sells it far better than Vince McMahon. Um you know, I'm okay with the Austin McMahon, like, okay, we got one more. That was, like, probably the biggest feud ever in WWE. I mean, they made a ton of money together. It was red hot. I was into it. Everybody was into it. You know, you wanted to see McMahon get his. I, I get that you want to go for that nostalgia thing, and that's fine, but I didn't need Vince McMahon to work a match. Like, he could have even just low-blowed Pat McAfee or something, and then Theory and him are kind of kicking him and, and it would have looked bad, but I didn't need a match to get there. You could have done that had Austin come out and, and still done everything you wanted to without Vince McMahon beating Pat McAfee at WrestleMania. I mean, that was just all, excuse me, awful, 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 awful. Enough about that. We'll move on to the unification title match. Roman Reigns <clears throat> unifies the titles, excuse me, over Brock Lesnar in what was actually a, a pretty decent match. Um, it was it was what you would expect from these two guys. It was fine. Um, would I call it match of the night or the, the show? No. Um, would I say that it was bad? I mean, it followed Vince McMahon and Pat McAfee. So these two could have gone out and had their worst match, and it would have been better than what I'd just seen. So, you know, it didn't have high bar at all to follow. 
Um, maybe Roman and Brock were like, heck yeah, we'll follow that. Um, although they did follow Stone Cold, which is hard to do, especially in Texas. Um, even with a terrible Tunner to McMahon, um, which was not Steve's fault. Steve was even laughing. That's the funny part. Like you said, you saw the video. Yeah. Like Austin's even laughing. Like, yeah, that was a piece of crap, but oh well, we got it done. Um, uh, you know, this was good. It was a good ending to Mania. I thought The Rock was going to come out at the end. Um, they, uh, I want to, did I end up, I don't know if I watched this live on Sunday. I watched most of the night two on Sunday, but I think I actually finished this match, watched this match on Monday because I was just tired by the time um, I'd watched a lot of wrestling that weekend. So I think I did stop after the McMahon thing and go, you know what? I'm going to go to bed and then I'll just, I had Monday off. So I was going to watch this in the morning. I think I watched You're it. Like, I need a palate cleanser. Uh, right. Yeah, right. I just, I just need to, yeah. Forget what I just flip and saw and start again tomorrow. So I think I watched this on Monday morning is my memory. Um, and the way it ended with Roman kind of holding both belts, I think standing in the aisle way with the WrestleMania thing behind him. Like I thought, I was waiting for, you know, if you smell what the rock is cooking and then have rock walk out, they face off and go to black. And then all of a sudden the show just cut off. Like it was done. And I was like, Oh, well, okay, we're done. We're not doing that. Okay. Um, then I thought the rock had come Monday. He didn't come Monday. So this is like Veer. I'm just waiting for the rock someday and someday he will show up. Um, but at least they're not telling me he's going to show up like they did with Veer for six months before he ever actually showed up. Uh, but hey, Veer's getting me some points in that FWL. Get me those two points every week, Veer. We're okay. Um, until they just stop using you and then I'll drop you. But this was a fine end to WrestleMania. It was, you know, it looks like Roman's going to go against Shinsuke next, which is a little bit, you know, like one of those random uh, title defenses that you're like, okay, well, Shinsuke's going to go in there and no chance in heck Shinsuke's winning that title. So, um, I, you know, the biggest problem is who do you build up now for Roman? Like, I think Drew McIntyre is close to that level. And I, I would expect Drew to get the title shot and, I've read this in numerous different places and I had the exact same thought the minute it got announced when they do that stadium show in September in the UK. Um, I mean, I would think that's gotta be drew uh, and Roman for the title. That makes the most sense. Unless you want to build Gunther between now and then I, that would be really interesting, but do I think they're going to pull that off? <laughs> no. Now Gunther might have a big match at that show. I could see that, but I don't see Gunther and, and Roman that quick. You, you so, sound like you're going to say something there, Tom. Well, no. So you brought up Gunther, and I was going to say, like, you know, I, I don't know that I'm caught up on everybody who, you know, got called up. But we talked a lot about Ezekiel as being the big name on Raw. And then I, I think Gunther, is he transitioned fully to SmackDown? Yep. Gunther okay. and okay. Ludwig Kaiser, formerly known as Marcel Bartel. Oh, um, okay. But <clears> not <throat> not Fabian Eichner. Fabian Eichner. Nope. Okay. Interesting. Um, and then Raquel Gonzalez, if I'm correct, she's up. Yep, Raquel Rodriguez on SmackDown. On SmackDown. Okay. Anyone else that I'm missing? I I watched I watched a lot more Raw than SmackDown. So uh, so Champa is on Raw. Okay. Um, Lacey Evans has had some vignettes. Um, so she's coming back. Um, they haven't. She hasn't wrestled or anything yet. She's coming back. Uh, who else am I forgetting? Uh, run to results here really quick. Well, so so the question that I'm going to beg to ask next is, you know, 
are are we no longer in a in a world where the post WrestleMania Raw or post WrestleMania SmackDown are are a big deal anymore? They sure didn't feel it this year, um, okay. which is now two years in a row. Yes, basically, yeah, okay. yeah. Th- this year felt a little more than last year because last year, like nothing, nobody came up, nothing happened, um, and they were in the Thunderdome, which doesn't help. Um, you know, this year you did on Raw, you got Ezekiel, you got Veer. Um, obviously, you had Cody, you know, making his Raw return um, with, with a, a really great promo. Um, on SmackDown, it might have just been Raquel and Gunther. Um, just looking through results over the last couple of weeks, and I, I think that might be it um, for now. Um, and then you had Chomp on Raw as well. Um, so, yeah. I And for me, because Ciampa was already kind of there, even though he right. wasn't done in NXT, like, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't feel the same. But but but, right. but it's it's a fair statement. And and Veer Veer they did a really nice job building, even though it took eight, seven or eight months to get him there. Uh, Champa, you know, just kind of started showing up and started was on main events and things like that. Raquel has been just in some back uh, backstage interviews so far. hasn't worked a match. They haven't done any video packages to show you why she's so dominating or anything like that. Um, Gunther they had to at least work a match and and kill a jobber. Um, so that's been my other thing is like. We were talking about AEW, how they can do those little 45-second video packages and make somebody, you know, keep them at least in the forefront of your mind. Make me give a rip that somebody's coming in. Like the old vignettes, you know, Tony D'Angelo is a, is a NXT version that I can think of. They ran vignettes for D'Angelo for weeks. Now, you can think what you think about Tony D'Angelo, but at least by the time he debuted, you knew something about him. You knew what he was about. You knew, you know, you you maybe cared a little bit one way or the other. Um you know, they've, they've done it now for two weeks with Nathan Frazier on NXT. He's coming over from the UK. Um, they did it when a kid came over who they then probably haven't used, um, except for two weeks. Like, uh, okay, what are we doing with a kid, folks? Um, you So they know they can do it on NXT. Do it on Raw and SmackDown. Give me a reason to be excited. You know, honestly, the Veer vignettes would have been great if they had been run for four weeks instead of six months. Um give me four weeks of excitement and then he comes and kills somebody and you're like, all right, we're off to the races. This dude's a, you know, a monster. We're going to do something. Uh, Now, again, I go back to John Rassap. He's brought up a lot, which he's 100% right. So Veer is the guy that the whole movie from Disney million dollar arm was about. There's a story there. And if you look at Veer's Twitter or his Instagram or anything, like he's very fashion conscious. Like he likes dressing nicely and like, you could do a whole different character with Veer and actually make him super interesting, I think, um, and tell the story of the, you know, of the million dollar arm and all of that. I, they're calling his clothesline the million dollar arm. Here's an idea. Make that part of his character and make it his finish instead of the cervical clutch. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, but no, we do the Vince McMahon thing and he's from India. So therefore, or, or wherever he's from, I can't remember if it's India, but um, so we just make him a monster. He screams a lot and beats people up because um, that's what we do with anybody who doesn't have a certain uh, shade of melanin. But anyways, um, I, you know, he's so stereotypical in his booking. It just, it's bug. It bugs me when it's like, you could do something different. This guy has an interesting story. Tell the story. Um 
maybe you can't use the word Disney or say that, you know, talk about the movie other than saying there was a movie. But and they wouldn't they wouldn't say movie, they would say in a major motion picture along the same lines of you know premium live event. Well, it would be a a, a premium uh viewing experience, I believe, (laughs) is what we could call it. Um instead of a, a you know, a TV show is regular, but a premium viewing experience is like two hours and you pay money and eat popcorn. Um so I don't, yeah, I agree with you though. The, it, it felt lackluster. Now, maybe they had a little bit of a uh, too high a hill to climb because you had Cody's return at WrestleMania. Well, no return or debut is going to top Cody Rhodes at this point, unless The Rock came back. Literally, that would have been the one that could have. And maybe you don't want to do that right away either because you already had the Cody return and, you know, you don't have to have a huge announcement every single week, Tony Khan. Um, but, um, you know, Maybe you want to space that out a little bit. And now I'm not going to say that they could have had The Rock and they chose not to because of Cody Rhodes, because I don't believe that at all. If you can get The Rock, you get The Rock. Like, no matter when it is, no matter if Cody Rhodes returned five minutes before The Rock appears, you book The Rock if you can book The Rock. Um, So I, you know, I I don't think that was at all why they didn't. Uh, So I do think, you know, uh, look, Veer, Ezekiel, Raquel... Gunther, all of those folks, yeah, they weren't going to add up to Cody Rhodes. Like, Cody Rhodes was the big thing. And they're clearly pushing Cody Rhodes as, you know, one of their top, top guys right now. Uh, we'll see how long it lasts. I've, I've voiced that concern before. I hope I'm wrong. They'd be smart to continue to book him well, though, because as more AEW guys' contracts come up, if they if they just see Cody come over and get buried, they're going to be like, yeah, I'm not going there because I know what's going to happen. But if they see Cody used well, I think it opens that door a little bit more for others who WWE might have interest in down the road as they become available. So I don't know. I squirreled all over the place there, but yes, to answer your question, the raw and SmackDown after mania felt a little bit like compared to what you might expect from them. Um, And especially when Roman had just unified the titles and they booked, they kind of built up all night that Roman was going to appear at the end of raw and Roman pretty much came out and said, Watch SmackDown on Friday night. Like that was pretty much the promo he got. You need to you need to see me, you <laughs> right? Need, you like, need to see me. Uh, they had uh, Sap had reported that originally he and Cody's were flipped, and Roman was going to open the show. Cody was going to close the show, and I think that would have made worlds more sense and would have not felt like a really dumb ending to Raw with Roman going watch SmackDown. Um, acknowledge me, okay? Fine, we've heard you. Um, I, yeah. Their booking is, it's something, it's something. Well, Tom, we've gone almost an hour 40, which doesn't totally shock me. Um, and by the way, we we went just about 50 minutes on WrestleMania as well. Um, after we said we weren't going to, here we are. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> and anything else we haven't covered in this hour 40? Um, no, I don't think. But since we started with USFL, we'll talk with NFL, we'll close with NFL because we're going to make a reference to next week's episode. So uh, the NFL draft is next week. I know you're probably excited for what the Bears will do. I know I'm very excited for the Lions. Three picks in the top 34 is a big deal. We'll see what happens there. Um, also, yeah, It really threw me off when Detroit had the 32nd pick because, like, that's the Super Bowl champ pick, right? And I forgetting that that's the Rams pick, you know, from the, uh, what I say last time, from the Jared Goff trade, yes, um, the Matthew Stafford trade. Um, it threw me off, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so um, 
plus Aiden Hutchinson, great, great lineman out of Michigan, probably uh, number one pick. I uh, would love for him to not be the number one pick if Jacksonville finds that they fall in love with someone else because I'd love the Lions to have him. Uh, that'd be a great, I mean, great move. I mean, they fell in love with Christian Kirk to a point that I don't understand, so they could. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So all of that being said, as the NFL draft begins on Thursday night, we'll come back a week from now on Friday, and we're going to have a little bit of a smaller-themed um, draft topic. Um, and if, if, right when we got this bad boy going again, um, in 2020, uh, during you know the heights, if you will, or the early stages of the pandemic, we did a huge, like if we were starting a promotion, drafting our entire roster, and it was it was great, it was fun. A two part episode, I believe. It was a two part episode, yeah. So I don't want to propose that we do that again, but maybe somewhere in the ballpark of I don't know five to eight draft picks, um, and we go back and forth, and like if we were just you know we'll maybe build out some parameters to that, and we'll you know communicate those before we launch into that, that topic and that conversation. But I think that could be a fun exercise to do almost two years to the date of when we did it last. Yeah, absolutely. I think that'll be, that'll be a good time. I I love drafting. We've talked about this before, like with our fantasy wrestling league, fantasy football, like that's managing the roster is fun. And I love that part too, but the draft it's the, the, Ooh, how can I build this uh, team promotion, whatever. Um, so yeah, no, that'll be fun. Um, I should also throw out there just, and I didn't tell you this ahead of time, so I apologize. Uh, we did get a message from Nick. So Nick, if you're listening, I just wanted you to hear um, me say that we got a, that message from you. Um, and I know he and I talked a little bit uh, through Messenger. He would like sometime, maybe when we have a little downtime or a week, you know, that we don't have a lot to talk about. He would like you and I to do a retro review on WrestleMania 5. So, okay. so we can something we can look at for the future. So Nick, thanks for that suggestion. Um, yeah. And maybe, maybe depending, and we don't have to make the decision now, but with, with kind of what next week looks like, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about the current events in the world of pro wrestling, plus the little draft topic. Maybe we can get into that. Maybe we can get into, you know, a first part of a WrestleMania five retro review. Um, yeah, I love that. I, yeah. I love that show. So um, yeah. It, and it's, it's actually interesting. I forget when, when and where this topic came up. And it had to be around WrestleMania season, as I often hear from friends who are not wrestling fans who then hear about WrestleMania and then they make a connection. Oh, and it goes back to the Scott Hall passing away. You know, people mentioning, you know, I, I recall, you know, Hogan and Savage at uh, at WrestleMania 5 or things like that. Ironically enough, we have a new pastor at our church. And when he was um, uh, when he was beginning his message last Sunday, he referenced Hulk Hogan and the cupping of the ear maneuver to listen to the crowd. Um, because there was like a call. I like response. this pastor already, man. There, there was a, there was a there was a call and response element uh, to the beginning of our worship, and you know, of course, it goes down like it does. And my wife looks right at me. He goes, "What is this?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I, I, I like the guy even more than I liked him yesterday." So, um, so then and, and, and so we caught up with him after church, and I said, "You know, I said next time, I said, I said I like what you did there. I go the next time though, you have to add the flexing or even ripping off your shirt." And he goes, "Well." Probably won't do the shirt thing, and again, I, I, it was tongue in cheek, of course. But again, I don't know that he knows me well enough yet to understand my uh, a sense of humor. Right. So, yeah. right. Pastor's pastor's gone wild. Right. Pastor starts ripping <laughs> off the uh, robe. We're in trouble. So, well, on that note, <laughs> um, we, yeah, we'll be back mm-hmm. next Friday with more. Uh, uh, a lot more than you bargained for. I'm positive. Yeah, always more than you bargained for here at Two Spot Monkeys.
Uh, everybody be safe. Uh, enjoy the weather. It's supposed to be 90 degrees here today in Nebraska. I'm not quite ready for that. Um, but it's we're, getting, we're getting it tomorrow. So and not 90, but we heard 80. So yeah. and with, with, with what we've had, we've had a really uncharacteristically cold spring. So very excited. We, we've had a very windy. It's going to be 90 with gust, wind gusts up to 60 miles an hour. So it'll just blow that heat right into your face. Be a nice day in a furnace here in Nebraska. But Well, the weather report is brought to you by Two Spot Monkeys Live. And we will talk to you all next week. Take care, everybody.